Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Oh. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of Doctor Homebrew, and it is a a full homebrew you know panel here. We are going to do a commercial calibration of uh, everyone's favorite beer, Polliner Munich. Uh, Municher, Munich, Munichakaker Lager. Uh, I'm excited about it as well. Then we have Brian Cooper has a beer that we're going to be drinking again. And I'm going to be talking about my pale ale. It is on tap. I just kegged it today. I might get some of it. I don't know, just to drink or whatever, but we'll, you know, we'll see. So it's going to be, you know, a fair amount of homebrew talk, which I'm pretty happy about. It's not all the time we get that on this show you know we do we've been doing we've been having a run of commercial calibrations which i also enjoy because it's a great way to build justin for commercial beers <laughs> so uh, anytime yeah, i can we, do that is great we bought these he bought them for us there basically we were at oh the there you Hop go grenade recording one of the dr homebrew episodes <laughs> for him that's right and um yeah then he just said oh just go yeah go pick out some beers you guys need for a show it's cool put on my tab hell yeah so yeah, that was that was good. Well, there you go. Why did you only get one of each then? You should tell he because he, he won't know. Just tell him we need four of each for uh, you know. Yeah. For the show. That's what we should have done. Yeah. Um. Did you know that Doctor Homebrew episode number one was released May sixteenth, twenty thirteen? I did not. Wow. Are it's we going to almost rec- exactly ten years ago? Are we going to record on that date? Is that'll be our this next show recording? will probably be our 10th anniversary show. Wow. Basically. I mean, if it's released in mid-May, I don't know. Or it might even be past that. The last show might have been our 10th anniversary. 10 extravaganza. years, man. Crazy. It's crazy talk. God. Can you, you, know what you should wild. do, JP? You should edit together like a greatest <laughs> yeah. hits. Uh-huh. Like, like a, a compare and contrast episode one with, uh, with uh-huh. the episode we're doing right now. Yeah, you Dumbass lost moments. You lost me at you. <laughs> you know you know what you should and then i'm done that's it I i'll go know. through I've, and no, find the thing. most embarrassing things i've ever said and we'll just have you compile them all like oh god you know and like look yeah, if you yeah. pull if you pull time code i would 100 i would 85 percent do that and then we'll just have but brian in I'm brian's laugh interjected <laughs> in between <laughs> yeah, exactly I'll, I'll get some time codes for that and that'll be hilarious well see here's the thing all i have to do is just pull your voices, isolating or reading your things or whatever, throw, generate an AI voice. Yeah. Then I can just write the script for the shows, have AI generate it, and that's our podcast. We don't have to do anything anymore. What nice. do you think that? Let's, um, it, it'll be word salad that's SEO optimized. Yes. And uh, it, it won't, it, it'll be fantastic. You'll get all kinds of advertisers <laughs> and money. Sure, and that's what anybody really wants. Uh, speaking of things that people want, Go to fivestarchemicals.com right now. Sign up for their Homebrew Club program. It's a cool program. It really serves to unite everybody in the homebrew industry, not only just to spread knowledge, but also to teach people how to properly clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment before you fuck up your beer, which is really the leading cause of bad beer, is just improperly cleaned and sanitized. That's just it. You know what I mean? Fermentation is really important. It's probably the most important thing in your beer and you want your fermenter, whatever it is, a conical or a carboy or a bucket or whatever, to be properly cleaned and sanitized. And Five Star Chemicals is the best way to do that. But you go over there, sign up for their Homebrew Club program. 
You can get uh, free product reviews, exclusive discounts, educational seminars, free swag, all that kind of stuff. Check them out. If you're going to be it, no, NHC already happened. It hasn't happened yet. What's NHC? When's NHC? You didn't do what it. What is NHC? You were NHC judging. regional judging has been done. Judging, but not, judging, but not the thing, but not the, the conference. The finals will be judged at the conference, and that's in late June. Late June. There you go. So if you're going to go to San Diego and go to NHC or HomebrewCon, excuse me, be sure to stop by the Five Star Chemicals booth and uh, tell everybody there we said hi. And thank them very much for supporting the show because uh, without them, we honestly would not be doing this. And I've said that before, and I mean it. And if you're going to Craft Brewers Conference, which is coming up like, gosh, uh, May 7th through the 10th, which is in the future now, might be in the past, this episode, you know, go, I'm sure Five Star is going to be at CBC also. Quite possibly. Okay, I cracked open this lager. Cooper, tell me a little bit about this beer, man. Uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm having AI generate uh, some, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some comments about the, uh, the Munich Helles style. Do you want me to do that? I can literally do uh, that right now. I'm, yeah, I'm doing it right now. German Helles is a traditional beer style that originated in Munich, Germany, and is renowned for its crisp and clean character. Helles, which translates to bright or pale in German, is a pale lager known for its smooth and refreshing qualities. Let's dive into a detailed description of this <laughs> beloved beer style, along with some important historical details. Let's do it. Appearance. German Helles pours a radiant golden to light amber color, displaying brilliant clarity. It showcases a creamy white head that persists for a while. Leave- yes, you can actually replace our jobs with this fucking shit. I know. <laughs> I know. God, that's almost like better than what I say- would say about it. Well, you train it on our voices. You get it to have me say shit about how many pairs of shoes I own, and uh, you're good to go. Right, and then pretty soon you'll be able to just copy our voices. You won't even need us yeah. at all. Yeah. If you want better voices, you can get better voices. Yeah, I'm gonna open this beer. That that was a good start. Yeah, let's um, do that. Let's open the beer. Um, this is the Paulaner Münchner Lager, and that is a Munich Helles, and we sourced it at the. Almighty Hop Grenade in Concord, California. Well, here, you want to know something? Uh, here's the thing. Guess who this is. See if this works. Hold on. Hold on. Hell's Beer is a German-style lager that is pale in color and has a clean, crisp taste. It is characterized by its balanced, malt-forward flavor profile with a slight sweetness and low bitterness. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's been nice doing the show with you, JP. Yeah, yeah. I got Bev. I got Bev reading. Bevo's voice is much more pleasant than yeah. either one of ours. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's see what let's see if Terrence can do it. I mean, Terrence might be able to do it too. We never really know. It's a German style lager that is pale in color and has a clean, crisp taste. It is characterized by its balanced malt forward flavor profile with a slight sweetness and low bitterness. <laughs> Are you shitting me? Is that real? Yeah. Whoa! Oh my God! Okay, that's I'm I'm impressed. You have your voice in there. <laughs> I, I don't have my voice in here. No. Yes, Brian, I am real, real cool. <laughs> <laughs> was that an AI or was that actually like a soundboard of Terrence? No, it's AI. Yeah, wow. I generated his voice. I generated Bev's voice for a bit wow. on uh, ears up, and then um, I also have Walt Disney's voice, but it doesn't really sound very good. Wow. Uh, don't smoke. Bev's, Bev's voice, that's actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. No, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, hers is better to copy. Um, she has a good yeah. reading 
you know, uh, right. whatever. Anyway, by 2026, Bev will be the voice of every radio commercial and every internet commercial on Earth. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, so you can make her say anything in this. Oh uh, yeah, I make her say anything. Um, <laughs> I can make her say whatever you want. That's this could be used for evil purposes, JP. I Absolutely, don't really, I don't know that I trust this technology. It, you shouldn't. It's a big, it's a big talking point. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead. Uh, Municalis, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll skip the whole AI side of it. Um, so the beer was created in Munich, 1894. All the pale Pilsner-type beers were, uh, you know, being uh, popularized in the, the mid-1800s. Uh, and, you know, pale beer became a thing. 1842, when, when Czech Pils was invented by Josef Grohl, uh, they, you know, the Germans were pretty close to there and kind of noticed, like, hey, look at this stuff that's getting popular over there. And, um, you know, many different styles popped up that were either inspired by it or just, you know, copies of the, the Czech pills adapted to the different countries. We talked about, you know, German pills before, you know, how it came over and the, the salt, you know, higher sulfate content of water there in Germany is, um, you know, going to make it play a little different way. Um, the thing about Munich, their beer is, um, it's it's a it's a very highly carbonate water, and the 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 beer the water in Munich is more ideal for dark beers because of that you mm. know carbonate content. The acidity of the the dark malts um, definitely you know plays a part in why those the darker beers were popularized there early on in the, the brewing history and and um, but it seems like. It must have taken an understanding of water. This is some stuff I got from Techum too. When they put this beer out in, in 1894, uh, Spaten created the, the the original version of German Helles. It was you know kicked out to compete with Pilsner type beers. Uh, they must have known what was going on with the water to be able to you know adjust it to make a pale beer without you know the acidity of the dark malts in there uh and make it work right oh you, you're saying they they made it around the water because they knew what they had no no they they learned by the 1894 they were learning how to work with their water and adjust That's, it to yeah oh i see adjust the water to what they okay the other if, way around if, okay if you right. just use the highly carbonate water this the beer wouldn't be right it yeah yeah that nice little you know delicate malt sweet it, it wouldn't be where it is it would it would you know be way too uh, you know too high of a ph and the mash wouldn't have been in the right territory it just wouldn't have converted right and it would have been weird okay but got it's it. not weird it's actually really good and most time you, you go into a german brewery you know in munich there's the hellas and there's the dunkless you have the munich dunkless and the, um and the hellas hell is just light as as ai you know hinted at <laughs> yeah um yeah i bet it's a bright colored beer and it is yeah i mean this is perfectly clear um it's a light yellow in color um brilliantly clear it started with a nice nice foam stand of white foam really finely formed uh tight bubbles and uh in the nose i get a little honey like aroma but it's just a you know uh Malt wise, it's you know, it's it's pills that the mistake some people make is think, oh, it's a Munich 
beer. So it must have Munich malt in it, but that's not the case. It's a, it's a Hellas. <laughs> it uses Pilsner malt and that's about it. <laughs> well, if you go to the, I will say, Brian, if you go to the Polliner website and you go to the, uh, the page for the Munchner lager, they mention that Pilsner malt and Munich malt are used as ingredients. You would, mm. yeah. You can use probably a very light hand and a light Munich malt in there to give it a little oh, yeah. character. I, I suspect that's like but, a few percent. Yeah. It's a little body in there. The the majority is going to be continental Pilsner malt. Oh, yeah. German hops, like a Haller Tower, you know, te- Haller Tower tradition. Mm. Yeah. Tradition. And the, um, strangely, the ingredients are only wa- water, malted barley, and hops. I guess they don't use any yeast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the magic. Not as yeah. Good. yeah, yeast is implied, but water has to be specified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like how JP mentioned carb- carbonation as an ingredient in beer, though. And sure, why not? You know, it, a dude. lot of these beers are forced carbonated. They're just force, forcing CO2 into the beer, which is naturally occurring as in the brewing process. But to get it up to bottled carbonation levels, you need to add some at the end or recapture and add. I like the breweries that recapture and add this that a lot of them are smart to do that and it saves them money and, and less, you know, less we, of a I was talking footprint. to a brewery that did that a couple of years ago and I was doing the session solo. Um, and I forget the brewery name, but they were doing this. Uh, uh yeah. Krausening, I guess. And, uh, Spun- spunding. Yeah, I guess. Spunding? Yeah. Something like that. And it, the, the guy was like, yeah, it sort of does lend a quality because when you have the, the CO2 and it's sort of like kicking off the phenols and the hop matter and whatever, you recapture that and it goes back into the beer and it's sort of, you know, he's like, I find that it adds a deeper quality to the beer that you can't get normally. Instead of just seltzer. Yeah, quality. right, 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 yeah. right. It's more characterful beer. Yeah. I don't know how and true that the, is, but it was a good beer. Well, with croisoning, you're re-fermenting the beer in itself and, and yeah, you know, it wasn't you're that. adding it was... a, a partially fermented beer, but the, yeah. the spunding is, is, yeah, keeping... You know, increasing the, the CO2 in. Yeah, yeah. CO2 I think in. it was spunding, yeah. But yeah, with, with CO2, you know, CO2 being, a, as a brief aside, it's a, uh, it's a byproduct of uh, gasoline and petrochemical refining. And as less and less oil is going to get refined over the years, you know, CO2 is going to be more and more expensive, it, harder to get, kind of like during COVID when nobody drove and demand for oil went way down. Yeah. So... If you can, if if your yeast is making CO two and you're going to need CO two later, I mean, it only makes sense to capture it somehow, hang on to it, and use it. Agreed. Right. So back to the beer. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a gold colored German lager, smooth multi flavor, and a soft dry finish. Subtle spicy floral or herbal hops and restrained bitterness help keep the balance malty but not sweet, which helps make this beer a refreshing everyday drink. It's going to be like you know a five percenter ish at you know 4.7 to 5.4 is the range so it's a soft easy drinker it's gonna be God, it's so good and you know compared to the last show we did but the strong bitter was like the window was like two percent alcohol <laughs> yeah that's what this i mean is this is a very narrow window a i appreciate that yeah a fraction of a percent yes the germans are very particular very yeah. precise so the, yeah, the the malt quality it does it does have that pilsy kind of little grainy sweet uh, malt in the nose. This is actually a pretty pretty nice bottle of Hellas. I like I'm liking yeah. the way this one is is uh, working here. Yeah, me too. It's hard to get fresh 
the poll honor is 4.9%. So you can drink several of these and not, you know, have a big problem. You know, it's going to, it's, it's standard strength beer. It's not seven and a half percent IPA. Seven <laughs> percent um, pale ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the beer does have a, it's fairly dry, but it's soft. That's, they mentioned that they got a soft and dry finish, not crisp and biting. So it's that malt plays in a way, and this it's just like really smooth malt presentation. Not a lot of different malt characters to it. This, you know, you said this one has a little bit of Munich in it, uh, alongside the the Pils malt. But it's a really smooth beer, and mouthfeel wise, just yeah, kind of medium down the line, medium carbonation, smooth, well lagered, really well lagered, and um. If you get into style comparisons, the beer is really similar, actually, to the the Munich Dunkel in the way that the malt is balanced to the bitterness, but it's going to be a lot less malty sweet in nature, and it's color wise, it's obviously light rather than you know darker, uh, reddish brown or reddish copper colored, you know, a little lot less rich in the malt flavor. Um, if you compare it to a German Pils, it's going to have less crisp to the beer and less hop character throughout yeah i could see yeah, that yeah it's kind of in that character if you compare it to a, fe- a fest beer it's a little less alcohol a little less body it's light body that's refreshing it's clean i mean this is what light beers were meant to be honestly the balance is wonderful in this beer it's got just enough hop to come up and hey okay i'm gonna balance the malt out but it's still what's <laughs> hey, that hey that clean <laughs> hey you malt I'm going to balance you out just right. a little bit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you sound very much like George McFly from Back to the Future right there. Hey, <laughs> you hey, get your you. damn hands off of her. Yeah. Fucking crisp, uh, Crispin uh, Glover. <laughs> Talking about beer. <laughs> this beer is malty. Yeah. Put his voice in the AI. He'd oh, pre- my God. Pretty good. I had to train it. Yeah. I'll get your voice in there, Cooper. Don't worry. All right. I'll make you no. say whatever you want. I am worried. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Uh, yeah, if you get these really fresh in me, they can have a little more pr- richness in the malt and the hop character that, that'll fade over time. When you get it exported, it's it'll have faded. But this bottle tastes more like the fresher, you know, Hellas's and fresh bottles that I've had over there. Maybe not draft Hellas, but like been to Germany a few times and um this is a the bottle somehow is just well cared for and it's it's working really well how different how different is it you've been to germany you've had this at the source so to speak yeah give me a range Um, give me like a one to five five being exact the the surprising thing it's not it's you know it's not oxidized at all i'm not picking up any hint of cardboard or paper in this beer which is Mm -hmm. amazing to me for a beer that's traveled this far yeah, I, I and, agree. This is this is not really oxidized, or I, I don't really get any of that, and I'm usually pretty sensitive to it. Yeah. So yeah. It's, the flavors have like you the the hop is going to be maybe a touch more noticeable, and the malt's just going to taste a tiny bit fresher than this when you get it from draft there. But it's this is really damn close. I, I would go to the hop grenade and buy a few more bottles of this. <laughs> mm, okay, interesting. This is a really good Hellas. And if you get the the Pauliner uh, Münchner Lager and it's been sitting around on a on a shelf, this was stored cold and it was properly cared for there. Um, who knows what happened during the travel? But wow, I'm going to drink this whole thing. This is wonderful. All right, so where we're um, at with the uh, you know description okay. or whatever. 
yeah, uses uh, a clean German lager yeast to ferment uh, traditional German hops. Each brewery has their own lager yeast they like to use, you know, uh, continental Pilsner malt mainly. You can add minor specialty ingredients, but it should keep it light enough that it's not going to get too too rich or dark. You know what sometimes I think about is like in, you know, 17, 1800s, even 1900s, um, but probably today also, I don't know, whatever. Um, German breweries that are just coming up or old, you know, breweries in general on the continent um, just coming up. It's like, did they isolate their own yeast? I mean, I know they didn't know what yeast was till Pasteur kind of figured it out, but like, are they sharing brew paddles or they're like, oh, this is special or they're, they're trying to be like, I want to go to Hans's brewery and figure out what he's doing to make his flavorful beer so flavorful. And they, you know, took a spoon or what, you know what I mean? Like that whole like magic yeah. of like, oh, the brewing spoon is what really has all the, have all the gunk on it, all the yeast on it. It's like that kind of like, uh, you know, corporate, es- corporate espionage, but in the brewer's world, because they didn't really understand it. I don't know. Sometimes I think about that. Thought I'd share that with I you imagine guys. that in, in 1894, the beer probably, you know, when you would get it fresh, it might've tasted similar but it, it it probably was a different animal back then. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so too. Um, so as far yeah. as we've come with isolated uh, yeast strains well, over the years, yeah. And now was, we're just um, it was surely it yeah a, bl- a blend of yeasts and you know bacteria as well in there, and it it would turn turn sour over time probably too. So you'd have to drink it fresh. I don't know, but you know the Germans, well, they're pretty careful, and they brewed. You know, they kept the beer. You know, in the, uh, lagering the beer in, in in caves and stuff in the summer, a lot of times they 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 knew what they were doing to make the beer right with the lagering, and um, you know, I don't know how they. I it would be interesting to travel back in time and taste what you would taste in Munich. Oh my back god! Then. Yeah, because I bet it tastes it, like shit. I bet it's not good. It can't I mean, be it, good. But, yeah. It can't be. It's like it's like uh, if you were you know eating a cake or ice cream or some shit. I mean, I mean, maybe not ice cream, right? But any baked good or a pastry or something like that. Back then, uh, even even just anything you cook, it's not going to be as good as it is now. It can't because we well, they didn't understand that, the chemistry of it. It's like yeah, oh, you, know, you cook it. I don't know, whatever. I mean, this is like we've had you know maybe forty something years of of craft beer history here. This beer came out when there were 40 something years of hail colored beer having been out. And it was, <laughs> I would compare this to like the IPA of the current day craft beer movement okay. as a trend. These beers just spread like wildfire and okay. light, light colored lagers became the thing. I understand like what you're saying now. Yeah. I, 40 years. That's a it was good. Like, Look at this. This is different. That brown, smoky smelling sour beer that we had before. It was probably still a little. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, man. It was not this. I guarantee you, one hundred percent. It was not yeah. crystal clear, straw colored goldenness. But, but that's probably very good, and that the brewmasters sure. knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was probably yeah, yeah, yeah. a very tasty experience compared to what they had, had drank before. But that is interesting. Know. Where it's like this is you know essentially the IPA of the time where everyone's clamoring, and I can imagine it's like oh, there's something that's so paradigm shifting in the beer world it's like well i gotta do it right just it's the hazy ipa it's the fucking you know brute ipa or whatever imagine a 
imagine a dystopian future a hundred years from now when all there is is IPAs and you can't get any other style. There are five main brewers that we've gone through another prohibition when you know Trump wins again or something. And you know uh, what? You know what I would do? I would just I would I would I would suck it up. I would buy it and then I would just water it back with carbonated water. <laughs> That's all I would do. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm just imagining. Yeah, me weird too. things, but like, yeah, like it went so far that these pale beers took over, took over, took over, took over, and then an America prohibition happened. It got watered down, watered down, watered down into the lowest common denominator beer, and then early 1970s, that was all you could get, pretty much, unless you got an import beer, a green bottle beer that would taste skunky, and that was something special. Um, it was, yeah, all you could get was pale lagers pretty much. And a few specialty beers, very, very few, but yeah, I didn't, you know. it's 2079 after the robot wars, all that is left is watered down IPA session <laughs> IPA at 3%. And then, yeah, we get, we have another craft beer revolution of, uh, of lager. I love of that. Hellas. So you gotta, um, sur- you gotta survive the robot wars first, JP. Yes, absolutely. Upon tasting a German Hellas, you'll experience a harmonious interplay between malt sweetness and hop bitterness. The flavor profile revolves around a clean, bready malt backbone with a slightly toasted character. Well, I'm not getting it toasted. The AI is a little wrong here, I think. But yeah. <laughs> Throw that shit away. Sorry. <laughs> so the, the malt does dominate the hops in the palate and finish and aftertaste. That's the difference. One of the differences between. Uh, pills and a hellas the hellas is a fair amount more malt focused still has enough hop to balance and it's a nice clean noble hop but uh the malt is the showcase here that clean you know uh german pills malt it's going to be the the star of the show here but you know in a balanced way yeah ibus are going to be 16 to 22 kind of range there there's a lot of you know the 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 examples that are listed in the in the style guidelines are are pretty much you know some of them you can find here but if you go to Munich definitely visit Augustiner that's that's probably my favorite brewery in the one of my, it, it's probably my favorite brewery in the world their their Hellas is really nice yeah. Harper Shore Adventure Gold Augustiner is, is, is nice. awesome Jay used to talk about that a lot and he brought one back that was two weeks old and it was like. Between it's, that and um, West Veteran Six, the Green Cap, that was it, dude. That was it. Those yeah. those two beers were amazing. You know, go get the the prototypical, the Spot and Münchner Hell, Weinstefaner. Uh, their original Hellas is 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 good too. Oh, there's a little misspelling on the app here. It's H E L E S on the, the Apple app. Don't worry about it. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so yeah, it starts with the malt with a little sweetness. You get a little grainy sweet malt flavor, soft and rounded on the palate, medium to low bitterness. Uh, well, medium low to low bitterness. It's not, it's not really a, a, that much bitterness in here. Um, but yeah, again, soft and dry finish, not sharp and biting. I'll repeat that because that's really key to the style. It has to be yes. soft. It is dry, but you, it just, it doesn't that 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 sulfate bite and that's kind of what we're talking to on the last show is that in the esb that's the sulfates make the hops play differently if you added a ton more sulfates to this beer and you know 
burtonize the water or something for God's sake. Why would you do that? But um, it would just be so weird. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be as soft. And well, and I think that's delicate. What, I think that's what you get when sometimes when, you know, we were talking a little bit of, uh, last show about Belgian triple where you have yeah. a lot of breweries who don't really make them all the time. They sort of make one or two because there's a slight demand or the brewer wants to go like, oh, I want to get off the chain real fast. I want to make a weird beer. But there's no history behind it. There's no practice of it. And sometimes you can get a Hellas that's overly sweet, malty, or the brewer doesn't really understand. It's like too bitter. And you're like, oh, I just don't know. And in my opinion, this is why loggers, let me rewind. This is why craft loggers haven't necessarily caught on. I don't think it's because everyone wants the big flavor impact, but it's because these beers are so easy to fuck up. And they're so easy to go weird. When you have them perfect, it's amazing. But the only way you can get them perfect really is, you know, from the source. And by the time they travel over here, it's not great. Have your brewer trained in Germany. I mean, go through the, you know, the Doman's program that go, go train over there under German brewmasters and you'll learn how to do it. There's some, Local breweries here, like, you know, uh, Wondrous and and Emeryville does a really good job with their lagers. And, uh, you know, Wynn over there, he knows he knows what he's doing. He's trained over in, in, in Europe for sure. You know, there's there's local breweries here and there where you when you go in and taste their lagers, you know, it's a different thing and it's yes. a better you can tell, quality man. experience. Yes. But yeah, yes. like early, you know, micro brew times, you got a Pilsner or something at a craft brewery. Even like, now, man. Okay, it's, it was okay. Yeah. And even now, it's still, yeah, the breweries really have to know what they're doing. Most of them yeah. are just making, you know, cold IPAs with their lager yeast. So. You don't like cold IPAs, do you? That's the second time you've mentioned cold IPAs. No, I like Okay. Like okay. It's not something I I drink a ton of. No, no. I, I was just I was just because I was just very curious. Like this, it's the second time you mentioned them as like, like an mm-hmm. offhanded, you know, what? Well, like it's like cold IPA. I mean, it's fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Well, I recently <laughs> did a presentation for our club on on cold IPAs because I found a lot of people were asking me, "What's this cold IPA thing? Isn't it just an IPL?" And I had to go in and kind of explain the difference. And we could do that on another show if we wanted to, but. Yeah, um, I think we do. There, there, you know what? Are... We could probably get Sully on here to talk about it. We should. Yeah. I would love to. I'll reach out to him. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I, coming back from your house, JP, I was listening to uh, Bruce Wrong. No, oh, don't do and, that. And uh, <laughs> Jamil was talking about cold IPA. And what's interesting to me, it sounds a lot like steam beer, where you take a lager yeast and you ferment it clo- you know, a little bit warmer, closer to 60. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. So it's not... Yeah, or a Kolsch. So you're not you're not making a lager, but you're you're not making an ale either. You're making what essentially is a steam beer, and that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, right. Kind of kind of keeping the big esteriness out of the way of the hops, which are the star yeah. of that show. And the star of this show, it's the the Pilsner malt and just enough hop to balance, and just clean lagering, amazingly clean lagering, and such a wonderful beer to just sip on a, a Mastein or a, a half liter in Germany. And if you get the chance, just go, go to, go to Munich. And that's all I'll say on that. We can uh, take a little break after this. What do you think? I love it. Shar, uh, anything to add? No, not, not really. You know, I really enjoy this beer a lot. This is one. I mean, I've drank most of this 12 ounce bottle. just while we're, we're having go. this discussion. Uh, it's all gone. Because it, it's just, well, it's just that good. I mean, this is yeah. that, this is classic drinkable. You know, there's nothing, not a thing wrong with this beer. This is, you know, it, it's balanced. It's got, uh, it's got some hops. Uh, it, it's got some malt. There's not, 
it's not super complicated, but that's part of the attraction. Where would you so, score this beer, Brian? I, I have a number in my head and it's, I don't know if you'll match I'd, me I'd, I'd, call, I'd probably call this like low, low, to, low forties, maybe like 43, 44. I, yeah. I would maybe 40, 45, 45, 46, honestly, with yep. this, this example. Yeah. It's and quite, I would, I would say 43 just to not be too out of, out of, too out of that end of the bell curve. But this is, there's really not much of anything. I, I don't know what I would do to improve this. But this is so getting yeah, into, 45, 46 might be appropriate for this. It's outstanding. It's a world-class example of the style and it's well cared for. And it's almost as, as it's as fresh as you're going to get it in a bottle here. It's just, we picked yeah. good bottles there at the, yeah. Hopper I, I've, I've had storing it well. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've had helices that are just kind of blah. Yeah. yeah. They don't have the, you know, Hellas is not as bitter as a Pilsner, but that doesn't mean it's just a malty mess with nothing with, with, with no bitterness to back it up. There's a, a firm bitterness here but it's not a pilsner and it's clearly not a pilsner but it's still there there's a firm bitterness there's uh you know pilsner malt there's i guess a little bit of munich malt according to to paul honor but you know there's i, I don't know what i would do to make this better but they you know they were brewing for 200 something years before hellas <laughs> was invented they they yeah. 1634 paul honor yeah, I mean, yeah. What, how many generations was that? Three generations, something like that. I forget what a generation actually like is defined by, but that's like a massive amount of knowledge to build on. And then this happens. That's wild. More than just three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, two hundred years. That's that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they 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 were brewing hundred and fifty years before the revolution. <laughs> a dozen a dozen generations. Yeah. I mean, just you know, yeah, twenty thirty years, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but yeah. All right. Well, that was good, everybody. Uh, hang on. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about Brian's uh, whatever he gave us. I have no idea. And uh, maybe a little pale ale talk. We'll see. I don't know. Oh, well, okay. well, it depends on how good you guys are. Hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grogtag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grogtag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grogtags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew. 
a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for hanging around, everybody. We are back, and we have Brian Cooper's beer. Cooper, what is this? Is this another hazy IPA that we're going to be uh, loving? Are you sure it's my beer, or do you think AI brewed the beer? Man, here, here's what I think. Um, I had told Sully, you know, when this whole chat GPT thing really blew up, I was like, you know what you need to do, buddy? Is you're in San Francisco, you need to make a beer, have Chad GPT make the beer, make the recipe, brew the beer, have have AI generate the label, yeah. like do all. And he's like, uh, yeah, that's cool. And like now, a hundred people have done it, um, and uh, he didn't do it. I was like, man, Write you missed me a out. Recipe yeah, for which yeah. I did it, and it's cool. And like my idea was to have Chad GPT write a, a backstory of the beer style as well. And like I sent yeah. him a whole example of it, and he's like, eh, "I don't know, man. I don't have time for this shit." Fucking <laughs> child's like, like he has like a real business to run, and I'm sitting here fucking around with a robot. <laughs> just, I don't you know, man. Too much time on your hands, JP. I do. If anyone's hiring, I need a job. <laughs> I need something to do during the day, man. God damn it! I'm so fucking annoyed with myself. Um, Cooper, what is this, man? Looks um, semi hazy. <clears throat> oh, it's hazy. Oh, sorry. Mine's crystal clear. Is it? I haven't poured mine yet, but it's been in the fridge uh, for... Okay. What did you do? Shake your beer up? Yes, that's exactly what I did. I think Lee started that rumor, how I abuse the beers. And I am gentle-ish with beers. (laughs) Gentle-ish. Okay. Well, I'm asking you to judge this as a 19A. 19A. Okay. What is that? What category is that? Just straight up IPA? No. American Amber. Is it really? Yeah, it's American Amber Ale. You're uh, Okay, so uh, Cooper, you're messing with us. This is a BJCP class to you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Shar, go ahead. Judge it as a 19A then, I guess. All right. Uh, Are you serious? It... Cooper, that's really what you want him to do? Yeah. Okay. That's an American Amber. Okay. Okay. So, uh all right, uh, Brian, are you in a homebrew club? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I started the homebrew club called the Mad Zymergists, and we're going to have word with those mad brewers down in Bakersfield. But, uh, <laughs> and those Which other didn't... guys that are like wear mad scientist garb around uh, homebrew con, I have pictures of me almost coming to fisticuffs with some of those people. I'm not really one that takes violence lightly, but... <laughs> I mean, our thing kind of is being mad scientists. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you do know a, a, a IP guy. I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Super yeah. handsome so, uh, too. A little short, but super handsome. Yeah. I, okay. I, he's maybe getting some hair back with some, you know, cheap Kirkland minoxidil. But, uh, <laughs> okay. No, chicken judges. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, brother! Embrace you know the what? chemistry. You know what? I'm living the Kirkland lifestyle. Do and it. You know what? I I did not 
I did not get into the minoxidil for years because it was expensive as hell. Yeah. And when I found out you could get like a six month supply for 20 bucks from freaking Kirkland, I'm like, I'm on this shit and I'm going to try it out. And I'm going to see what happens. And I think Do I'm it. getting more hair. There you go. So, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, anyone that wants to try it, it's cheap. It's generic. It's Kirkland and mm. you, you can't go wrong. So, uh, all right. So it was in a bottle. Uh, the It was appropriate size, cap, fill, level, all that looking good. Aroma, uh, medium hop aroma, which uh, still as it's warmed up like three hours, it's still maybe maybe medium high. I get like plum tropical fruit uh, uh, character out of the out of the hops. Uh, there's low malt aroma that definitely takes second chair to the hops. No, but there's there's no off aromas, but there's really no caramel. And in a uh, an amber ale, it, it's funny how we keep talking about caramel a uh, caramel malt a lot tonight. Uh, there is sort of a, a caramel character of amber ale that is really kind of missing from this. Having said this, it's really clean. The hops are appropriate. Uh, there's no off aromas, so I gave it 8 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance, it's clear with uh, slight polyphenol haze. It's funny how much different the samples are between myself and, and JP. Uh, it's a medium gold color, uh, lighter than expected for style. Uh, head is low and persistent. I gave it two out of three because it's really more of a golden color than an amber color that you would expect from, you know, an American amber ale. So what do you, I, I can't see your screen. Oh, that's just the color on the, the app. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Amber. But it's maybe it's, a little, a little lighter than I would have yeah. expected. Maybe I'm you know, colorblind. I'm a middle-aged white man. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm losing my color perception. I don't know. No, please continue. Uh, Flavor. Uh, initially, the flavor is medium tropical fruit, stone fruit, uh, hop flavor. The malt flavors are a little muddled, but everything's balanced in mid palate. Uh, you know the, the bitterness and the malt flavor. It's well attenuated. The finish is moderate length and oriented toward hop flavor. Uh, it's missing again, like with the aroma. It's missing the caramel flavor expected for style. It's kind of interesting. Now that again, this has been sitting out for three hours. It's probably a good <laughs> classic. Probably a good 68, 70 degrees. Could be higher. Uh, and I get like a little bit of a minerally metallic flavor that I didn't when I judged this about you know 40 minutes out of the fridge. And it's really not necessarily a fair thing to say because you're not gonna you know like drink this out of a out of a case sitting in your living room or something. You're going to refrigerate this some. So yeah. I don't know that that's a fair fair criticism, but I gave it 12 out of 20. It's not quite hitting the the flavor profile of an American amber. Uh, Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Medium body, carbonation's medium, uh, medium low. No warming, neither creamy nor astringent. You know, as it's God, I'm not going to change my my score because it's not fair after sitting out for three hours, four hours to, no. to to judge it like this. But I do get a little bit of astringency, maybe from uh from mineral minerality at, okay. at this point. But again, I don't know. I'm not going to change my score. I don't think that's a fair criticism uh, with it being this warm now. Overall impression, uh, six out of ten for a total of thirty three. Uh, I like this beer a lot. You know, it's hop forward. There's not really uh, uh, off flavors that you would get under normal drinking conditions, but my my issues are recipe issues and not technical. This comes across as more of a pale ale or an IPA 
than it does an amber. It's not just the color, it's also the aroma and flavor. It's missing kind of that caramelly, richer uh, uh, hallmark that you expect. Yeah, that's, and if you look at the history and characteristic ingredients, neutral pale ale malt, but also medium to dark crystal malts, uh, hoppy, caramelly beers, it's the progenitor uh, uh, of that whole kind of style. And as or those different styles, and as the as craft beer and homebrew is turned away from crystal malt, caramel malt, you know these aren't nearly as popular, and they're a lot harder to find than they used to be. Uh, but they're this just doesn't strike me as as an American amber. Uh, I would to to fix this. You know, next time I brewed this, I would you know add some. Depending on whether you had some caramel malt or crystal malt in the first place, I would increase that or just add it in in the first place. Uh, and uh, but I think it's technically pretty good. I I just think it's my criticisms are are recipe based, and the way that Brian's kind of smiling, I'm thinking he may have pulled a fast one on us with uh, what he gave us the judge. So I think. But so thank too. you, th- thank thank you for sharing this beer with us, Brian. <laughs> Well, let me let me let me hit it real fast. Um, you know, I'm I'm on I'm on the. the, You're gonna hit it, hit it, and quit it. I'm gonna hit it and quit it. I'm gonna take it to the bridge next. Uh, 19A American Amber Ale overall impression two times. An American uh, an amber hoppy moderate strength American craft beer with a caramel malty flavor. That is not this beer. This balance can vary a bit with some versions being fairly malty. This is not it, and others being Mm. aggressively hoppy. This is sort of it my guess the definition between hoppy and bitter is 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 a muddled one i think that that needs some mm-hmm. clarification sometimes when you say hoppy i think a lot of novice beer drinkers mean bitterness and I, obviously if you're reading this you're not a, a novice beer drinker but um aggressively hoppy there's no hoppy i mean there's a lot of hoppy aroma it's very bitter it says hoppy and bitter versions should not have clashing flavors with the caramel malt profile. Mm-hmm. So it's leaving it open to be bitter, which this is very bitter. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot of caramel malt. I mean, if you look at that, it's very straw colored, light golden colored. Yeah, low to moderate hop aroma. That's not this. This is, a, I would guess, high, medium to high hop aroma. I mean, yeah. it's very, uh, very aromatic. Um, American or New World hop varieties, citrus, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Citrusy hop character is common but not required. It's here. Uh, It's more, I think, resinous pine than anything. But, uh, I mean, it smells great. Moderate to high hop flavor. Yeah. With characteristics typical of American or New World hop varieties. Malt flavors are moderate to strong. No. And usually show an initial malty sweetness. Followed by a moderate caramel flavor. No. <laughs> and that's, you know, and on and on and on. Um, definitely an IPA. Definitely not an American Amber Ale. If I was scoring this, I would probably go 20, 25, I would guess. Okay. You guys, just and because it's off. Just because it's off. And you guys tell me if that is an appropriate score for something like this. I would be very interested in your feedback on that. Yeah. Well, um, good. 21 to 29 is misses the mark on style and or yeah. minor flaws. Okay. So, yeah, I, I was I was a little generous because a it's Cooper and b it's Doctor Homebrew, and I didn't want to you know shit all over this this beer. Oh shit on uh, it, baby! No, it's totally please do. It's okay. <laughs> I, but I I think it's a good me, beer. It's just the style is wrong. Yes, I agree with you. I think it. I think this drinks really well, like a mid mid aughts 
IPA. The Curtis yeah. Caramel there, and this is what I this is it, this beer is like well, a nostalgia beer where it's a, maybe a little over bitter for my personal taste, but it's that that IPA with a little bit of caramel in it. It's like this is what IPA should be like, man. We got it. We got way of the caramel. We lost the Jesus path. We lost the path to Jesus. We need to come back, embrace the caramel just a little bit. And uh, yes, okay. but it's definitely not an amber ale. Yeah. So uh, Cooper, um, talk to us, please. You guys are both right. This is definitely not an amber ale, <laughs> yeah, mm. but it's a pilsner, and you're Ooh. both wrong. No, it's not a pilsner. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is so? It? What it is is the continuation of my thing where I brew these. Um, I've been brewing hazy IPAs and making you drink them, JP, just yes. because I like to watch the look on your face when you have to drink a hazy IPA. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. But know. then I decided to make a West Coast IPA out of my hazy IPA recipe. So I pretty much almost nothing has changed from the 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 hazy IPA recipe. And, um, the, you know, the, the hazy IPA, uh, I think the last one was, what, Super Starry Haze? Or hazy Siganemo, I called it. it. It's Citra Galaxy uh, Nelson Mosaic. It's just the, the hop combination oh, yeah, I landed yeah. on for that. I made it on the Peak of Brew. And I was like, I made a hazy that I was happy with. And the last one came out a little stronger. Um, this one, I, I kind of... Okay. So my kid was helping me brew. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what he is he, about taste- 40 now? 38? He's he's double digits, yeah. just just wow, double digits. Oh God! Um, as of last month, yeah. Oh so, my goodness! Um, but so he's like, you know, Al, can I taste some grains? I give him some grains. Like, okay, oh, hand me that bag, because uh, there's a little acid malt in this beer to, because it's a light, it's a pale beer, just to adjust the, and in the hazy, it helps to stabilize the haze. From what I've learned, it actually seems to help with that. In this one, I like. Hand me that, um, you know, that packet of malt there. That that looks that's my acid malt, and I grabbed it and I just weighed out a quarter pound for a two and a half gallon batch, which is, you know, half a pound in a in a you know a five gallon batch, basically equivalent. And I then I put it in and milled it, and I look and it's melanoid and malt. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that's not. Oh, what I wanted in my beer. And, uh, oh no! I'm trying to keep it, you know, like there, there's no caramel malt in this beer. There's, there's no, no caramel malt in this beer. Wow. There's no, there, and that shouldn't be surprising. I'm sorry. I it is surprising just, to me. It's surprising. I'm messing with you guys a little bit, but like the the melanoid malt, like twisted it in a way, and I was you know kind of happy with yeah. the beer. It's not bad. It's very it's very like late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So how would you score it if it was entered as an IPA, an American IPA? How would you score it then? Just switch gears. 34, 36. Okay. For me, I yeah, think it's I should have for me, it's too bitter. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. off rip, it's too bitter. Uh the bitterness is there. It's a little borderline aspirin-y. Okay. Uh for me, and admittedly, I don't drink a, a, a lot of IPAs, so I could be way off. But uh Char, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think that I I scored this too generously, and you know, going back on this, this this is not this is not an amber, and this should have been in that twenty one to twenty nine range, and I realistically this is like a twenty eight maybe, and as an right. IPA, yeah, I might go as high as thirty four, thirty five, because mm. there's no there's not really 
until it gets really like room temperature hot, like now, uh, you don't, uh, there's not really any off flavors. When it's room temperature hot, it's kind of minerally, it's maybe slightly metallic, but under any normal drinking situation circumstances, you're not, it, it, you're never going to taste that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this whole thing was kind of just an experiment to see what it would do because it was, to me, it was like, the malt was pulling away from the hops and I put a ton of hops and it's the same amount yeah. that I put in those hazies. Then the, the malt was starting to pull away from the hops a little bit. And it's weird how it's gotten this way, but it's like, have ambers drifted lighter? Probably not. They're not that popular right now, but I entered it yeah. as an IPA in a competition. I won't say which one, uh, but I got some score sheets back and I'll just read them to you. Um, okay. The first score sheet. So I entered it as a 21A American IPA, even though it's seven and a half percent. It's the right of the. It's seven and a half percent. Jesus. Yeah. It's, Christ. It's, and the alcohol sweetness might be playing a role here too. Yeah. yeah but, okay. Um, All right. So and it took. It was like really hard to clear it because I used my hazy recipe, and um, it, it has so much uh wheat, and uh, oats in it that it just it was hell to clear it i had to find it like twice with the bio find to finally wow. get it to clear out and you know bottled it from a you know a floating dip tube after it had finally settled out in the keg and was finally kind of clear um yeah so american ipas can go up to seven and a half so it's right at the high top end of american ipa score sheet i got back from competition i entered first word on the score sheet under aroma is armpit <laughs> <laughs> armpit man i love judging so much i'm sorry okay i'm sorry <laughs> armpit cat pee black current and then some black current h m m p i don't know what that is Gym oh H- maybe h t t p no not h t p no. the um uh, the 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 cherry cheerios for m piss maybe i'm i'm sorry yeah Jim Cox socks. Jim Cox. That's that's what what it is. That's even worse. Yeah, (laughs) it Uh, smells like penises (laughs) at the gym. Fucking zero out of four. New New Zealand hybrid hop garlic smell. Very interesting. Mosaic fruit character coming out as the beer is warming. Wild. Had me doing double takes as it changed in glass. Okay, I mean, this was a dramatic drinking experience to be certain. Yeah, the sheet's not bad, but what, like, I would never write the word armpit on a score sheet. I'm dramatic. <laughs> this is no. a dramatic drinking experience. <laughs> that was the, yeah. So the, okay. My God, this beer, put, the, this beer put me through therapy for four sessions. Let me read you the, the I was almost done. No. I was almost done. I was almost out of the loony bin, but this beer sent me back in. They yes, pulled I'm me about, back in. <laughs> I'm about to go in. If I as I read this sheet, I just find myself wanting to pull my hair out a little mm-hmm. bit. But um, well, if you I'll do, we the, know how to get it back. We got to. This is actually the better of the two sheets that I got because it had more descriptive language on it and was fuller than just one line each line. But the flavor section says garlic stuffed sock drawer approach with some good tropical and stone fruit in the mid palate and finish. A building bitter residual, some oxidation notes, stale, sweet, papery character. That's the flavor description. Garlic stuffed gym socks. Garlic stuffed sock drawer. Sock drawer. Garlic stuffed sock drawer approach. 
So the implication there is you did it on purpose. That is the fucking worst description. That's not a good. That's not good. That's insulting. I don't think you want to be. I don't think you want to be insulting on your score sheet. You don't want to insult the brewer. Garlic stuffed sock drawer is never a compliment Mm. in any sort of mixed company. Anyway, I I don't like it. I don't like it. Who is this person? Is it's Shar, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Brian Shar judged my beard yeah. competition and ripped it apart. He gave it a twenty-five. No, but um, whoever wrote that must have shoved garlic in their sock drawer at some point. Otherwise, how would they know how that smells? Like? Or they thought they were being clever. Uh, I, sometimes yeah. I think I think a lot of judges uh, they feel like they're in creative writing classes instead. The judges, of a beard the judges judge. seem yes. to agree on the garlic, and as I taste it, I do kind of get a little garlic in it. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't use it as the first descriptor for the aroma or the flavor. Garlic, anything after that, the aroma, I, it's not that the, garlicky. Here's the the full aroma description of the other judge. They're not uh, BGCP, but that's okay. They're anyway. Um, uh, citrus ripe fruit with catty and garlic. That's the full aroma description that I get. That I understand. Yeah, and then the appearance yeah. said amber and clear with low head retention. Maybe light amber. I don't know what you know what kind of glasses they were drinking it out of. Yeah, but... probably a red solo cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's amber. It looks amber from the top through. Yeah, that maybe like a light. I, I would say like a it's dark, red. like dark golden, maybe. But maybe light amber if you're being generous. But the mouthfeel is nice body with carb that's a little light. Overall, is good overall beer, but pushing the limits for caddy. Uh, light amber i don't know if i've ever ordered an amber ale and gotten this color of beer but no yeah so no i just clean your glass there jp jeez there you go yeah i was kind of just a little irritated i mean they both scored at a 32 so at least they agreed 32 okay it's not as an american ipa well see i mean i i I guess and i think the the, part of the problem is you know for me those comments would lend me to believe that it was worse than the 32 yeah, because yeah, they seem you... overall sort of on the negative side, and I think that's—I those... think that's a lot of people's problem with judging in competitions. At least it was mine—is that it's more of an attack rather than a description of what they're tasting, like fault finding. It's fault finding. Yes, right, 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 right. Um, Let's take a quick break. Let's take okay. a break. We're going to come back. Let's wrap up the discussion, and we uh, we'll solve my out head here. problems when we come back. Yes, but I my, I the can't. The that's been developing. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. maybe enzymatically. I don't know. Hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com.
Thanks for hanging. We are wrapping things up here with Brian's uh, score sheet issues or whatever, and he's going to go knock some heads at the next BJCP meeting and uh, target these two people specifically and get them expelled because uh, no, there needs they're... to be some sort of uh, retribution. Brian Cooper is basically the Punisher of the BGCP world. Ah, uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> but what do, I mean, what, it, here's a, here's a question. Here's a valid question. Maybe it's not valid, but it's uh, cool. What do you do? You do anything with this? So you have these judges who maybe are novices. They're still learning. Do you take yeah. this? Do you take this and you go? Do you hold it close to your heart and you go, man, this is really what people are tasting. That sucks. Or do you want to go like, do you have a, a, a inkling to help them? Because like, no, hey, this, so isn't, like, this isn't like correct. This is what you should be doing. Do you reach out to the proctor for the thing or whatever? Like, what do you do with this? I was a little mad at myself for, for messing up and putting the wrong malt in my beer that I did. Well, it was your son's to. fault. So don't be mad at you. No, and I, I don't want to blame him either. It well, was, you should. It was, it was my his fault. fault for not looking at the label. No. but And I did enter it in our, our in-club. In club homebrew competition, yeah, um, where we had you know we had just had elections and announced that our you know our current president was moving on, and um, we have an in club competition that takes like four competitions throughout the year where everybody brings their beer and it's kind of a popular vote thing, but you present it yeah. as I presented this beer there as an American IPA. This was brewed okay. in January, by the way. So and then so earlier this year we had our meeting there and I. I got just enough votes to tie for third or something in that meeting. And so it brought me up. Like I'd been entering beers over the year and I've never won our clubs like home brewer of the year, but this beer, like as an American IPA, middle of the road, what it was, as it was. And there were several beers. It was like nine or 10 beers there. I think that it, you know, tied for third and it, it helped me to earn a tie with our current, our now past president as home home brewer of the, the Mad Zymergist for the year. Um, so, and I'd never done that. I'd been really making an effort to do it. And I was, I was happy with this beer, but I'm not super happy with it. I want it to yeah, be, I could see that less malty. I want it to be hoppier actually and brighter. And as it's aging, it's, you know, it's still actually hanging in there pretty good. And for some reason, I think in my mind, I, I just decided it, it had be, it was so dark that it was like, it's an amber ale. I'm just like, Fuck this! I'm gonna enter as an amber ale. And see what the guys think. And I was like, it's a mental experiment for myself. But I, like, yeah. that's wrong too. I I kind of knew it wasn't a great amber ale, but it has some malt richness to it that almost leans toward that caramelly aspect. There's just it does, yeah, and and that's what you get. Sometimes you do at the BGCP exams too. It's like this is definitely not the style, but you need to judge it as this style. Right. So I thought and it was a like, cool thought experiment. I, I and I thought it was really neat, but I I don't. I don't know. Here's here's my thing on you as a, as a brewer, judging your hazy beers and whatever. You, I, in my opinion, your lupulin shift has your threshold has shifted. So I think you shut because my feedback on your beers constantly <laughs> is it's it's too bitter, it's too yeah. much. So you're shoving hops in there. You're like, oh, this is great or whatever. But I think I think that you need to be a little bit more restrained in your bitterness. Okay. And most of the bitterness is happening in Whirlpool. It's all yeah. Like there's a almost no hops at there's a, you know, a tiny hop addition in the beginning, just like, you know, a couple of it, it is it is wild like like Whirlpool and, and we're not gonna talk about my pale now, but I'll I'll have it carbonated and ready for the next shows for you guys. 
Uh, Char had a little preview of it. And it, there, it's a crazy amount of bitterness, you know, and I'll go through my hop regimen, you know, uh, on, on the next show. But I think it's maybe even too bitter. It's just a fucking pale ale. But I did a lot of additions in the Whirlpool. So, you know, there is there is a lot of that that I don't even think Beersmith really calculates very well anymore. Yeah. So it's one I, of those unknown pale things. ale was real good. Thanks. Yeah, it was more balanced than, than this beer, probably. Uh, oh, there's, well, yeah, like, of course. You know, there's a 10-minute Mosaic edition and Mosaic and Galaxy at 10 minutes, Mosaic and Nelson at 5 minutes, Galaxy and Citra at 2 minutes. And there's everything late and... Then I do a big whirlpool for um, 30 minutes with Citric Galaxy, Nelson, Sovin, and Mosaic. And, you know, like pretty good amounts on all of these, like an ounce in a two and a half gallon batch on that. And then I've added like um, dry hops. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you know, and and in in the regular part, it's like, you know, a few ounces in a two and a half gallon batch. And, um, yeah, the 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 dry hops. There's like an ounce and a half each of Citric Galaxy Nelson and Mosaic Cryo, and like in the dry hop. And I don't know. I mean, do you get bitterness from dry hopping? Possibly a little bit. I don't I, know. I imagine yeah. you have to at some a little bit. But I dry hopped the hell out of this beer, and it was really hard to rack. It was really hard to clear. Yeah, same dude. And, yeah. I had to put biofine in mine. I was like, after like day four, I'm like, I'm just gonna keg it because it's not it's not dropping. Yeah. That cryo but, really likes to be, you know, powdery or whatever. I if for me, if this were me, I would I would drop your bitterness twenty percent. Okay. So where do I drop it? I I bought a bunch of um uh World mosaic pool. mosaic is my favorite hop. I bought a bunch of mosaic cryo and part of what I've I've been doing is trying to reduce the hop matter in the beer by Mm -hmm. using cryo hops and adding a little bit less of them. And maybe I need to keep on that trend of adding less and less, but yeah, still I want the hop aroma that I, the hop aroma is what I want. And I've always had trouble getting the hop aroma until I started adding insane amounts of hops and I finally got the hop aroma, but then it comes with a little more bitterness than I want. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know, maybe Shar can, can help you with that, but for me, it's like, yeah, it it it's like three fourths the malt, and then it's just the vegetal hop at the at the yeah. end. And I don't too like much it. plant matter. Yeah, yeah, too much plant matter, too much yeah. bitterness, and it borders aspirin or whatever hop creep. I guess is what it is. I don't know. Maybe we should get Nate on here. You well, know, hop creep is when great. you get diacetyl from oh, the added. Okay. Yeah, okay. as the right. you add the dry hops. But actually, this was also the first beer that I used the ALDC in, which prevents the uh, the diacetyl precursor from forming in the beer next time you do something like this i want to get an extra bottle i want to work with nate and nicole they could probably be on at the same time and have them go through it because nate is one of those genius hop dudes like he he helped me out with a little bit with this pale ale that i'm going to be talking about next show and uh, i think it'd be great to get some feedback from people who are just focused on dry hopping and stuff like that I have one more bottle of the beer left, but at this point, it's it's already declining since January okay. when I brewed it. So it's, okay, no, yeah, and we probably wouldn't get but, to them for like a, another couple of weeks. Yeah. So all right, um, well, that was yeah. cool, man. I th- thank you yeah, very I, much. I appreciate it. It was it was, I mean, it's a good beer. Yeah, yeah. it's drinkable. Yeah, Nate taught our hops class for our BGSP class. There you go. Too. So I mean, he, it, we it is oniony. Really there is like an oniony garlicky. You I'm know, getting that as it, it. Yeah, 
and the warming as it as it keeps going it's like yeah it is a little garlicky yeah i know that where the gym socks comes in and i, I don't mean to criticize no judges, i don't know I like i actually like the guys that judge the beer i know who they are but yeah Look, man, um, you know, I like Brian Shard, too. It doesn't mean he's right all the time, you know? <laughs> well, thanks, um, man. Okay. So if you want to get a beer on our show. Well, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You hold on a thanks second. Thanks for listening to Dr. Homebrew. If you want to be on the show, send an email to brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks, Terrence. I appreciate that. You want to hear that again? Thanks for listening to Dr. Homebrew. If you want to be on the show, send an email to brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Can we make Bevo say it? Yeah, we can make Bevo say it. Hold on a second. Let's see. Uh, Bev. There she is right there. Let's generate it. Let's go. Thanks for listening to Dr. Homebrew. If you want to be on the show, send an email to Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's perfect. We should have that on every show. <laughs> we can. That's the beauty of it. I have 29,000 characters left to generate uh, this month, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can also have uh, someone called Anthony. Let's, let's see what Anthony sounds like. Thanks for listening to Dr. Homebrew. If you want to be on the show, send an email to brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. I fucking hate it well, because it's what, so good. What about Walt Disney? Uh, Walt, I'll give you Walt and we'll get out of here because uh, <laughs> no one wants to hear us just generate this. Thanks for listening to Dr. Homebrew. If you want to be on the show, send an email to brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Wow. Wow. Classic. We have Walt Disney asking people to be on the show. Well, and you can like adjust the stability and the clarity, and you can just you know tweak around with it. It's dude, wild shit. It's wild shit. Weird. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, everybody for tuning in. I appreciate that as well. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later.